Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Action Research Podcast, somehow the first podcast dedicated solely to action research. I'm Adam Stieglitz, PhD candidate at the University of Louisville and director of the Andean Alliance for Sustainable Development, a nonprofit organization in the highlands of Peru. And I'm Joe Levitan, an assistant professor and graduate program director at McGill University, as well as the co-founder of the Sacred Valley Project and Centro Educativo Payatayu two educational nonprofits also working in the highlands of Peru. So today we are going to try a new format for the podcast. Up until now, we have been speaking somewhat theoretically about what action research is and who it is for. Today, we wanna try and offer as much context as possible to what can be pretty lofty and jargony terms and terminology. So to do that, we will be playing you an excerpt from Dr. Blaine Harvey from McGill University, recent recorded conversation with two other faculty from McGill University, Dr. Lisa Starr and our own Dr. Joe Levitan about participatory qualitative research methods in which Dr. Blaine Harvey spoke specifically about systemic action research. We've cleared this idea with Lisa and Blaine And the excerpt we are highlighting is an account from the field where he shares with his audience details from an action research investigation in Ghana, where he worked with local community members and a radio station to help frame and address issues related to climate change. So throughout this excerpt, you can expect Joe and I to chime in and pull out some of the important areas of the project and process that we think helps exemplify what action research is and action research methodology. So with that said, we hope you find this interesting and let's just get right to it. Here's Dr. Blaine Harvey. I'm gonna share one example of some work that I undertook that we described as systemic action research. And the notion of systemic action research was developed by a former colleague of mine, Danny Burns, uh, talking about action research that tries not to just look at one site of, of where a problem or a challenge is being felt, but looking kind of more broadly at the wider system that it's, that it's unfolding in. I'm going to be a little different in the sense that this didn't unfold in a kind of educational setting. It actually happened in communities in Ghana where I was working and we were looking at uh, the impacts of climate change on communities. But I think there's a lot to be learned from the, the process here. So the question that, that we collectively, and I was working with radio broadcasters and community members and, and others who were curious and really wanting to better understand how communities in Ghana were being affected by climate change and what local authorities should be doing to support these communities, to help them deal with the impacts that they were experiencing. And we undertook this kind of action reflection cycle that I was describing uh, collectively over the period of, of many months together. And I just want to share really a, a couple of of highlights from that. So that that initial reflection really involved looking at people's lived experience and hearing what people's preoccupations were about uh, the impacts of climate change, where people were once, their, their homes once stood, uh, were now really submersed in water, where sea level rise had, had really kind of completely eroded people's homes or completely eroded the roads and the infrastructure that they used every day and and therefore triggering really concerns and priorities that they held dear. And that was followed then by a period of planning of trying to figure out, well, particularly with a kind of a systemic approach, was thinking, well, who, who matters in this issue? Whose perspectives do we need to hear if we really want to understand uh, what, what this experience is like? And making a bit of a collective inventory of these people who's, who might have experienced things quite differently, elders who might have seen the passage of time and seen how climate change had 
changed fundamentally their daily lives and and having them share that but also people uh, whose livelihoods were being affected like farmers or market vendors and and so on and because we were working with radio broadcasters the next step really in terms of acting was to go out and and have those in-depth conversations with people to really start to add detail and and gain a clearer understanding of what they were experiencing how they were being affected what it meant for them on a day-to-day basis to be living through these kinds of changes and the kinds of impacts that they were feeling, that they were watching amongst their family members uh, and, and so on. And because this was an inquiry process, yes, we were meeting these people and, and collecting testimonials and so on, but we also had to subject it to a, a process of analysis. So I want to talk about what Dr. Blaine Harvey was, has been presenting so far real quick before we keep going on. Because he's about to get in the inquiry and the analysis phase of the, the project. So there was a lot of information that he shared with us that I think is worth pulling out thus far. First and foremost, for me, one of the processes that I think we need to pull out with respect to defining action research through context is how, first and foremost, the problem was identified through people in the community. And to get to the bottom of that, Dr. Harvey and his colleagues, they were in constant communication with people in the community. They spoke about how it was important to bring in people's lived experience to understand the challenge of climate change. They talked about getting to hear more about how people were directly affected by climate change. He he pulled out the specific example of how sea levels were rising and it affects their infrastructure and everyday use. The point here is that those ideas weren't coming from Dr. Harvey, right? As it respect, with respect to identifying the problem. Really, it was an inquiry phase in which he was hearing from the people most affected by the, the situation. He spoke about hearing, and I quote, lived experience. And I think that's a really important point to pull up. Uh, I agree. I think that just to add to that, it's useful to think about action research as research that really does apply to current pressing lived experiences. And I think that's what you were highlighting and how important that is because it is about addressing real actionable challenges. I also think that it's important to recognize this concept of systemic action research, which looks at larger systems, because for us in our work, we are looking at specific cases because we're looking at specific organizations. But action research isn't only bounded by one organization. Uh, Systemic action research allows researchers to think more systemically about their work in communities, but also between communities around the world, how systems of climate change and weather patterns affect people in Ghana that also affect people in Latin America or South America and Asia and Europe, et cetera. So I think one of the things that is really important to highlight here is that action research can be contextually bounded, but it can also be systemic and and transverse different boundaries. Yeah, this idea of systems, I think, is something that we're going to, I know something that I constantly revert back to um, in my own research, and it's actually a pretty complex concept, something that I think embodies the idea that context matters, you know, And, and I think the last thing to pull out with respect to that before we go back to the presentation is that, you know, he also felt it was necessary to pull out in the planning phase to really get a broad perspective of whose perspective matters. 
right? Because within systems, you've got what I would call various knowledge brokers, right? So he spoke, he gave a couple examples of how just as important it was it to talk to elders who have seen how the climate has changed over time. He also wanted to hear about those whose livelihoods are most directly affected by the challenge, such as farmers and vendors. And I think that fits into the point that you wanted to pull out that these systems are complex, right? And within action research, it's important to represent the various perspectives that exist within those systems when identifying a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Let's go back to it. Let's pick up where you left off. Great. So really collectively documenting these things, putting them onto um, large flip charts and looking at them together and trying to make sense of them together was an important step of collective meaning making to decide, well, what's actually happening here? What's happening in this community and how are different people experiencing it differently? And what does it mean to each of them uh, what does it mean for decision makers and authorities who need to be aware of this? Again, because we were working with uh, radio broadcasters, the next step that they, they undertook was to, to generate radio broadcasts and, and broadcast dialogues and initiate dialogues over the radio waves in Ghana to reach communities who, you know, neighboring communities who are maybe feeling the same thing and to, to broaden that conversation to really start to identify what kinds of impacts were being experienced and what they meant for people in their day-to-day -day lives. I think this is another important area to pull out, right? Because now what Dr. Harvey is talking about how it went from an analysis of all of the, the sort of inquiry phase, right, to action. That's how I understood what he was saying here. So just to pull that out, right? It sounded like they went through a process of what he said, first documenting, right? So taking the discussions that he had been having with stakeholders in the community, documenting it. I think he talked about putting it on um, a whiteboard, which is pretty standard action research process, it's sort of a participatory activity, presumably. And then making sense of the information together, right? He talked about collective meaning making to understand what is happening and what that means for decision makers, right? So it was this collective participatory process of creating a collective vision about the situation. And then that led to action, right? At that point, they were able to take the information that they learned, inform the radio broadcasters and work with the radio broadcasters to, to take an approach and how to then continue to either seek out information or how to make meaning actionable um, with the community as it relates to climate change. Did you pick up on that too, Joe? Yep, I think you covered everything for that one. That's it. All right, so just the point to pull out there is that we went from a phase of information collecting to documentation to analysis and then to action right, with the people involved. I think that's the, that's the critical point of the process that we want to pull out there. Yep, sounds good. All right, let's go back to here with... The really moving between the sort of acting and observing was then to reach out to those decision makers and to share that information back. So working with uh, local authorities or traditional authorities and saying, look, this is what's happening to people. What are you going to do about it? Um, and seeing whether the power of collecting these testimonials, collecting this kind of community voice and putting it before decision makers led to any kinds of changes. And what we did see as a consequence were district authorities actually changing, uh, making commitments to, to offer new support to communities, uh, becoming more aware of what was actually happening, that this just wasn't just some kind of a, 
an obscure uh, phenomenon that they heard about on documentaries or something, but that it was something that was being experienced locally and that they needed to integrate into their actions really in an ongoing basis into their policies and to develop kind of responses to support communities who were being affected. And so we went through that observation cycle of seeing what came out of it before then initiating another round of action based on whether the actions that were that that leaders took were sufficient or not. Okay, so it actually looks like there was two two forms of action, if you will, that came out of the inquiry process, right? First, it was mobilizing um, the folks at the radio station, but it seemed as though that was to actually create dialogue, more dialogue with neighboring communities as to hear about how they were being affected by climate change. And, and all of all the information was gathered to then make a case and bring that information to real decision makers. In other words, the, the municipality or district authorities who based on that information committed to addressing the issue in, es- in essence, right? So if you can follow the process from the very beginning, as far as it being a participatory inquiry and then leading to uh, a round of analysis, which led to more data gathering and ultimately a commitment to change in behavior from the district authorities. This This is textbook action research, specifically systemic action research. So I just wanted to pull that out. Yeah, and I think something that you pointed out too that's important to highlight is the way in which iteration is not always the same process done over and over again, but through the learning of the first iteration, you take on different tasks in the second round, and then you do, you know, you change again in the third round. So I think you just pointed that out. I think it's important for us to highlight that um, because iteration is the key concept in action research, but iteration doesn't mean doing the same thing multiple times. It means action and reflection. And then through that action and reflection, you learn something. And then the next round of your work is doing something slightly different to get deeper into whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So really, that's my kind of quick summary of one example of going through that kind of uh, action and reflection process uh, with community members, but you could imagine this similar kind of process unfolding with school constituents, with communities where access to schooling or quality of schooling is a concern or any number of other issues that that kind of resonate with people's lived experience. So the original discussion, right, was focused, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, around um, action research in an education setting. And I think the last point that we can pull out here kind of follows up our this earlier discussion in a different episode about who is action research um, and how there's a wide spectrum or continuum of people in which can be, can be action researchers. And I, I think the reason why we should end this excerpt here is because what he does at the end is he ties back his action research processes of observation and reflection and action that he took in Ghana working with uh, communities being affected by climate change. He ties that back directly to how that can be associated with processes in the classroom and in the education setting, right? And I think that that is perhaps the biggest point to make in this, in, in that it's this process of participatory action research methods and methodology can really be applied in different settings. And um, if you're wondering as our, as our audience, whether or not this is for you, I think that's a, a, a big takeaway. I think that is an important takeaway too. the ways in which these different methods and methodologies 
can be applied in different contexts is, is key to action research. And that's what makes it a field in and of itself. And this growing, as you said in our last episode, Adam Island of work. And I think that Blaine does a nice job of bringing that all together. Great. So I think we can leave it at that for now. I think we'll have more presence from Dr. Blaine Harvey in the future, we hope, whether it's bringing him on for another interview or hearing more from the presentation. But in closing, you know, just to, again, to, to reiterate kind of what we talked about today based on Blaine's presentation, right, was this action research process that started with a challenge identified, in this case, in the community of Ghana as it relates to climate change. We pull out the participatory fa- inquiry phase, right, where you're hearing from various knowledge brokers and people affected by the challenge, right? You as the researcher aren't identifying those things. You're working with people who are directly affected um, by that particular challenge, coming together to make sense with what you learn, come up with some big takeaways. And with that information, you know, you're taking action, right? You're, 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 you're learning more about that next phase of inquiry, about the specific areas of inquiry that are important. And then ultimately, in this case, it was a matter of taking it to decision makers, such as the municipality, to say, look, this is the situation. This is why it's a challenge. This is why it's not something just that you see in documentaries, but it's real. This is what the how people are being affected by it. And here are some potential solutions um, to addressing, acknowledging and addressing this issue. And in sum, you know, that's the action research process and the iterative nature of it implies that that it would end there, right? And you kind of continue to address this challenge. Um, But I think that's our big takeaway for today. Yep, I think that's it. You hit the nail on the head. So uh, thanks for um, doing that. Thanks to Blaine and Lisa for agreeing to participate. And uh, thanks to Shika Dewakar for her production expertise. Like Adam said, we're going to continue to highlight other researchers and scholars. And so we'll probably hear from Blaine again. We'll hear from Lisa and uh, others of you who may be interested in sharing some of your projects. So if you're interested in being interviewed or talking about one of your projects, please reach out to us on the underscore AR pod or the Action Research Podcast on Twitter, and we'll set up a time to have some discussions with you. That's it. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks, Sheka. And we look forward to hearing from you all soon.